Hey, Sox fans. Welcome to Good Guys Talk Back, a local fan-centric Chicago White Sox podcast. Hosted by Nick Morowski and Pat Hester. Hey, Sox fans. Welcome back to Good Guys Talk Back. I am Nick Morowski. This is episode 243. We are a fan-centric Chicago White Sox podcast. Uh, doing it live on our YouTube channel every Sunday night. Uh, audio available everywhere you find your podcast. We got some uh, sporting events uh, competing with our episode here tonight. I know there's a there's a pretty good NFL game and uh, some MLB playoffs. So uh, you are forgiven if you did not find us live. Uh, but if you're with us, we got some socks conversation. Talk a little 05 World Series, you have to, because it is the week we celebrate that. And uh, uh, we try to also pick into what would happen if, you know, we poach a little bit more from the Kansas City Royals. With me, as always, my co-host, my dear friend, diehard Sox fan, Pat Hester. Hello, sir. Hey, buddy. Happy scoop, uh, sp- spooky season. Hopefully you're enjoying it. Uh, I sure am. You know, we've, we've both I done sure some am. trunk or treating over the weekend. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. Fall is in the air. It's crispy crisp. Yeah. It's fantastic, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, we yeah. got we got baseball games going on. I'm I've got my, you know, I think I'm just going to get a Phillies hat. I, I'm just infatuated with the Philadelphia Phillies. It's like I, I just can't get over how much you were I doing love some that. tweeting this past week, which or some posting or xing, whatever is the term. The, the most and, uh, the most reaction I've ever got from anything I've ever put yeah. on social media. So it was fun. But Pat, that tells you, and and for folks that didn't see it, but I think we all are feeling it. You said something or posted something to the effect of, you know, uh, this is what, how the Phillies are playing is what Mm -hmm. I wanted for the White Sox, something like that. And that's how we all feel, man. And and that, that caught a ton of reaction and that was the correct thing. And, 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 by by that reaction, you could just see, you know, like, and, and, and how many players on that Phillies team should we, uh, you know, were allegedly supposed to maybe have, well, or, they were, or they were good fits, or, or yeah. whatever. And we talked about Castellanos. Let's talk yeah. talk about him first of all. Right fielder. We've been in need for a right fielder for a long time. We don't have any need for that guy because he's not left-handed. Okay, granted, we we still lack in left-handed power. Got it, but could have really filled that gap a long time ago if you wanted to spend some money. Kyle Schwarber. I think Kyle Schwarber we could have signed uh, as a left-handed power bat. Again, not filling the need uh, or the void that we've had in in terms of uh, defensive, right, Uh, a defensive player, but we really needed some power. The guy, all he does is hit home runs, and we could have signed him for about $8 million, I think, uh, a year. He's not going to. Whatever he gets in his next contract, it'll be more than $8 million a year. I can guarantee you that. Uh, we go back to the Bryce Harper thing. And, and the the whole lack of, you know, that solves, you know, that would have solved a, a right field situation at the time. Now, I know he's not playing a lot of right field anymore these days. But would have solved that issue. Left-handed power, leadership, just everything you want in a superstar. The guy has fallen in love with the city that he plays for. I think he would have done the same thing on the south side. People would have followed that guy, you know, no matter what. He's brash. He would have had a great personality. It would have been awesome to have him on. The, and then you have Zach Wheeler, right? Zach Wheeler, the big whole thing. And then his wife didn't want to come to the South Side or didn't want to come to Chicago, that whole thing that messed up. So you're talking about all these players that could have, would have, should have, right, that we've had conversations about. And they all end up on the same team. It's almost 
amazing. We would have been happy with probably one or two of these guys and they're all playing in Philadelphia. So I just had a lot of uh, just like jealousy, I guess you would call it uh, over the Philadelphia Phillies. And I love the fact that, you know, the, the whole talk about the atmosphere at, is it citizens bank? Is it, is that the feel like, yeah, I remember. yeah, I believe Wherever so. they play out in Philadelphia uh, you know, all oh, the vibe is, is magical in this. And it reminds me of, of the very few moments in time where we've had on the South side where the, where the crowd is electric and the blackouts, and then you can feel the energy in the stadium and it's shaking. You know, we could have had that, Nick, you know, we could have made a name for ourselves on the South side with the energy and how electric a ballpark can be and how you wouldn't want to go onto the South side at night to, you know, play a baseball game. But that, isn't happening and it hasn't happened. So it's just, you, you think about all those things again, coulda, woulda, shoulda, but um, unfortunately we didn't want to open up the, the, the purse strings. Yeah. You know, we're, we're going to talk later in this episode, you know, uh, just memories, world series memories is, is the, you know, 18 years ago at this time, the 05 world series were getting started. And uh, I, I believe, you know, by the time we uh, record our next episode, it will be over. You know, the World Series yeah. will be over. So we, you know, we'll have to kind of, you know, bunch all of our memories in. And it's like, well, why do we keep talking about 05? It's like, well, because there hasn't been anything else. Yeah. You know? and, and I know people are sick of why do fan, Bear fans have to constantly talk about 85? Like, well, they haven't had anything else. Okay. And, and I'd love to talk about another World Series, just another Sox team that got to the World Series let alone winning a World Series, but we have it. Okay, so we celebrate that because it actually happened. You know, wear the shirt, you know, wear the hat. That happened. It wasn't a projection. It wasn't a, you know, it wasn't a prediction. It was, it was, it actually occurred. Uh, and why do we keep bringing up the Bryce Harper stuff? I hate bringing it up, but it, it keeps like manifesting because we haven't figured out right field and in Sydney in the comments, you know, reminds us of Nomar Mazzara uh, and so many others. Then you go run a lap. You have to, anytime you bring up Nomar Mazzara, somebody's uh, got to run a lap or do. I'm watching or the bears game today. As I know so many people are, and, and they, and they flash the, the graphic of how many quarterbacks that they have used since X year. And it leads the league, whatever. And I, my mind went to right field for the White Sox or second base for the White Sox and how many second basemen or right fielders we have recycled. And we're going to have to try to figure that out uh, once again. But, you know, we're not necessarily Sox fans aren't just bringing this up. This Harper saga is coming from his uh, his teammate. Uh, Bryson Stott said this past week, uh, said he predicted his buddy, his buddy, Bryce Harper, would go to the Chicago White Sox when he became a free agent. He says he was way off, uh, and Bryson now realizes Bryce and Philly are a match made in heaven. Well, you know, we've all read the uh, the statement, you know, that Harper had about his meeting with Kenny Williams, and, you know, Harper was trying to, you know, talk it out. Uh, how is this going to work, and, and who's going to hit – behind me and in front of me he's like oh yeah you, you got to bray you and boy they that south side man those fans are going to come out i cannot wait for play to play for that city i think you know I, I'm, I'm paraphrasing but you know and now he finds that in philly it's like philly gave him that i think he could have absolutely had it in chicago on the south side and and boy he just leans in to that fan base and to yeah. that experience and they embrace him you know all about the family 
and they are giving him that right now. Yeah. Yeah. And it's unfortunate you, you bring up right field again. And I, I happen to be listening to the great Connor McKnight on White Sox weekly this past week for a little bit. So I was driving around town and, you know, he had mentioned, you know, in the couple minutes that I was listening in the car that, you know, Oscar Colas is not guaranteed to, to start the year in right field next year. So he may be starting again back in the minor leagues, trying to work his way back to the majors. And rightfully so. I'm not saying that he should be because of the performance that he put on this past year, both offensively and defensively. wouldn't just say, yeah, give him the job. But isn't it sad where we're at? Because if you rewind back to the beginning of the year, how excited we were about an Oscar Colas making the team. You're running around all over the south side. You're seeing banners of, of him hanging up. Of you know, Oh, he's going to make the team for sure because they already got his face all plastered all over the place over here. So you, you, you think about it. It's like, boy, are we in a sad state of affairs still with, with right field that we can't, you know, manage to fill that hole. It's, it's really, uh, it's really a shame. And again, Oscar Colas, I, I there, there, there's still, there's, there's, there's still something there, I believe, but boy, has he got a long way to go and especially defensively, uh, to, to give him a, an opportunity up here at the big leagues. And I want to know where his mentality is at, you know, where is his confidence? Where is his, just his headspace. Where is that at after everything he went through and what they did? And and now, uh, you know, I, there might be some new, you know, Daryl Boston's gone, who was in charge oh. of the outfielders. Is that correct? Uh, so now he's got maybe someone new, thankfully, that's going to be helping out with, with the outfield and you're going to have a new hitting coach in, and then there's probably some other moves that are going to be made uh, in the coaching staff world you know, Chris Gatt's trying to find this culture, trying to find this identity. Well, does Oscar Colas fit into that? I, I don't know. Um, it, it So when you look at just tho- those two situations, second base and definitely right field, as we've been trying to figure out for years, and then you, you again, we've been saying this episode after episode uh, since the season ended. Well, there's all these other question marks pitching and bullpen and you know the rest of the roster and I wow um I don't know uh, but we've got new executives we've got new executives that are are doing this for for the one of them for the first time gets this is this is new to him and he's bringing some he brought some friends over and and there was a, an executive that uh is taking a different path this past week that cost a uh, caught a lot of attention with Sox mm-hmm. fans. Uh, Kim Ang out of uh, uh, Miami got her start with Chicago and yeah. I think 90, early 90. She was an intern. She went to the University of Chicago, I believe, and kind of worked her way up and did some things and then wanted to branch out. And um, so I, could there be a homecoming? Um, you know, Miami Marlins, the write-up is uh, basically they wanted to hire a president of baseball operations over the general manager, Kim Ang, uh, despite, uh, you know, her creating this playoff team this year. And, uh, you know, that led to the departure from the organization. This was uh, on Monday last week, right after we dropped our latest episode, uh, was offered a contract extension, uh, turned it down, didn't want didn't believe that that was how she thought mm-hmm. things were going to go in terms of structuring. I, I think since then she is uh, she's declined an opportunity to interview with the Red Sox. Uh, I, I've, I've heard some rumblings that 
maybe you know the White Sox. Maybe this is this could be a possibility. I've also heard. I think Heyman said on the score, like I wouldn't hold your breath, pretty mm-hmm. much. And you know, I, I think for for me, Pat, and then I want to. I definitely want to get your your input on this because I've been thinking about this a lot over the week, and 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 it really went crazy. You know, with Sox fans on social media, like want her, I want her, and is it her? Or is it the fact that we want an experienced executive, somebody to come in here that has had success that can help figure this thing out? Because it, it's muddy, you know, it, it, yeah. need, it needs some TLC. And it, maybe it is Aang who, who has experience with the Chicago White Sox. Uh, I, I, I'd be surprised if it's like, well, Chris Getz is going to be the person, but now we're all of a sudden going to hire somebody above Chris Getz. I think what what I'm personally looking for is not necessarily Kim Ang, which I'm sure she would be great because she has experience and she's successful. I'm looking for somebody that has done this before. Yeah, somebody with success that can shepherd uh, gets, you know, that's from outside of the organization can they can help this on its way. Yeah, it's it's very interesting uh, the whole dynamic. If if that was to happen that would be i think a great thing to happen for this organization but it does seem a little bit backwards that she would take a role above gets and be handed who her general manager is going to be rather than again the timing didn't work out 100 right because we didn't want to do a full search of any sort we just wanted to take the passive path of least resistance so that's why we're in this situation that we're in but it seems a little strange to put someone in power to be in charge of a a president of baseball operations. I'm assuming is the role that she'd want, given that's what she was, you know, not going to be getting in Florida Mm -hmm. uh, that, well, now you have to come in and you're inheriting a a general manager that, that you didn't get a chance to pick. That doesn't seem very attractive to me. Uh, So unless it's type of thing, well, this is your job for the next several years and you can give this general manager as long as you want to do the job that you think. So you give them three years to kind of rebuild it and see where he's at and assess at that point. But it's your, it's your organization to run. Right. Um, But it, it just seems a little backwards and it's a way that the Chicago bears have traditionally done things. Let's bring in a coach and then the general manager, and then a, a quarterback, nothing's ever lining up, right? You, you should have your, your president of your organization that hires a general manager, the general manager hiring the coach or manager that they want, and then they're going after the players that they want to fill out their roster. Uh, but the, the teams that I love do it all ass backwards. Let's get a general manager, in, and then later on we'll get a president, and then that president doesn't really like that general manager, didn't pick it, and that general manager should have an opportunity to have at least their own coach that they should have, but that was inherited by that person. So now it's always a mess. So yes, Nick, I, I think it would be a great um, hire by the Chicago White Sox and an outside the box type of thing, but it just seems to me, it wouldn't seem very attractive if I was her, right? Yeah, it'd be fun to come home to the organization you started with, but uh, you're, you're telling me that Chris Getz is the person I'm managing. I don't know what her thought and, is. And on Pedro Grafol has to stay here, and and Getz has already made these. If uh, if it's you, Nick, or or me, you would think 
if you're hiring me to be the, the president of this organization, I'm going to do it how I want to do it. You're not going to put any handcuffs on me on you while well, you take this job. And this is the, the person you have to keep employed for X amount of years. And then you get, no, you, if you come in here and you want to change it all right off the bat, you should have that autonomy. Now that would be crazy town. I don't think that would happen, but you tell me, right? Would you do but that? That's, that's what has to happen though. Right. You know, and yeah. that's what I, that's what I got. So I don't, I don't know if I want to say excited, but uh, very optimistic, you know, after, you know, sale was traded and, and, you know, Eaton was traded uh, and I can't believe we're talking about this, but again, you know, we're going to hit this anniversary too uh, in early December and nothing much has come of it. Um, but they picked a direction, you know, like they completely mm -hmm. went in a different direction. Now I get it. The executives and everything, you know, that, that was different, but we had a new manager coming in and Ricky Renteria and, you know, they, they sent away our prize pitcher, a, a generational talent at that time, like unbelievable talent. And we're, we're completely, it's going to be painful, but we're going in a different direction and we think we're going to be much better uh, on the other end. That's what you almost have to do now. It, it but Jerry, you know, the, the whole thing of, well, you know, you were, yeah, sure. It'd be great to have Kim Ang in or, or some other, you know, very smart, successful executive. But really think Jerry is going to do it. We all know the White Sox way and the way Jerry thinks. That means Jerry doesn't want somebody in that's going to ruffle the feathers, that's, that's going to tell him, well, all these other things actually have to change too. And we've got to double the amount of executives in the you know, the amount of the front office to really compete with some of these other teams. And you might not know some of these people I'm bringing in. You might not have a longstanding relationship with them, but you're going to have to trust me, an outsider, that I know what I'm doing. He doesn't want anything to do with that. And, not at and, all. And the other is, I just thought of this, Nick, and I don't know if this would have anything to do with it or not, but wasn't Miami the one team, the one of the teams that Kenny Williams had free autonomy to make trades with that was like one them and the Yankees weren't those, those, those are the two teams. I, I, fact, that could be that if could memory be serves those. It was the Marlins and it was the Yankees, which uh, apparently had the relationships and the, those were the deals. He could make those deals without, you know, obviously talking with, uh, with his general manager. I wonder if there was that relationship with, with, you know, there that would cause, you know, you, you want me to come in and, and take the job of, of the guy that was my buddy, right? And maybe there was a relationship with Kenny Williams. There must have been if he was the one doing deals. I, you know, I wonder if she would be all that excited to go in there and take the job uh, of the guy that got fired that she had maybe a good relationship with. Yeah, I maybe anything's possible. But if you're looking, you know, it's business. It's not personal. It's business. Yeah. Uh, I, I want this role. I, I've earned this role and, and I'm comfortable here kind of coming back home uh, where, where I started. Jerry's still around, you know, and, and setting this organization straight. I've got the, I've got the resume. You saw what I did. I don't, I, if I'm Jerry and, and here's the other thing, the, all the, you know, all this stuff, whether it's uh, Watts, whoever's telling you these things about Jerry wants to win. He wants to do everything, just everything in his power to win. Give me a break. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. If you're still believing that that's, that's on you. You, you, you do whatever you want to do, but 
really, if, if he wants to do anything in his power to win, then Chris Getz isn't the guy. Patrick Grafol is not the guy. Uh, you know, he's bringing in the smartest people he possibly can. And he's paying the money to get them, you know, to work for him in the front office. It's simple well, as that. Well, the proof is in the pudding, Nick. I mean, if the man really wanted to win, we, we'd have had more. I, I'm not saying World Series are hard to win, right? It, it, it takes a lot of luck and, and, and timing and, and guys hitting in the same time, right? In terms of when your young players are coming up and all that stuff. But you'd have to think if the guy really wanted to win over the past 40 years, there would have been more at least playoff appearances, more AL Central uh, division uh, winning, you know, banners being raised. There would have been more than, you know, the, the three playoff series that we've won over the, the, the lifespan of his ownership. I think it's three. It could be wrong. So you can't tell me. It would have been John right Middleton mind. from Philly. Yeah. Like, hey, I want those guys. We're going to go get them. And you it know? doesn't automatically mean that you, cause you spend money, you're going to automatically sure. win. Absolutely. It doesn't, you know, see the Mets this year. I get that. But, you know, those guys are going to continue to knock on the door until, you know, the, the eventually the door is going to be knocked in. So you, you can't continue to go about the way you think it works when obviously history tells you that it hasn't worked. It hasn't. It worked one time. And and I'm never going to go to the, the way of a lot of people say, well, that was a fluke in 2005. That didn't. No, it was a, a well-constructed team that happened to hit on all cylinders and and did it win you know a weak division possibly I think the Indians were still a really good team that year so you know all I'm saying is if you if you really wanted to go after it and you really wanted to win you would have you would at least got yourself the seat at the table in the playoffs more than you have yeah uh, you know it, it just. You speak of 05, you know, I mentioned it at the beginning of this episode. I mean, 18 years ago, you know, here we are, the start of game one. I think we watched game one together, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Possibly. Your memory is a lot better than mine, surprisingly. I, I think uh, not, we maybe watched not it in your, your, very... your parents' basement. Your, your dad had that really nice mm-hmm. basement, and, and yeah. I think we watched game one there. And um, it's amazing when, you know, I, I could think about who I was with and, and you know, where we watched these games. and. It, it was a fairy tale. It, it, you really, I, I just didn't want it to end. I, I'll be honest. I felt when they were about to sweep. Okay. And it, it was like, in a weird way, I wanted them to win or lose at least one game just so it could keep going. Yeah. I, I didn't want it to end. You know, the, the feeling of like this team, I don't know if we're ever going to see anything like this where we're just, they, they almost in a weird way finished each other's sentences you know, mm-hmm. we didn't we didn't know how close they necessarily were, but you you watched them all season long, and it felt like they never were were playing from behind. And and just some of the magic that happened throughout the playoffs, from you know a ball going through Nomar Garcia Perez, or uh, no, who was uh, who who's the uh, infielder that we used to have that was playing for the Red Sox? Oh, Graffinino. Graffinino, thank yeah. you. Went through Graffinino's legs. Uh, the I whole can still hear Chris team. Berman. Graffinino, oh, <laughs> oh no. Oh, oh, Chris Berman. Oh, yeah, boy. So Chris sorry, Berman buddy. With the, the uh, short sleeve dress shirts. God bless him. <laughs> yeah. The El Duque moment, mm-hmm. you know, and and then the, the, the Pruszynski dropped third and 
uh, it just on and on, you know, Burley coming in after having a few apparently and, and, and getting some action out of the bullpen and, you know, Bobby Jenks, you know, the third, third reliever that we went with during the season, just a young unproven guy yeah. uh, coming in and, and taking care of business. I can go on and on and on. And it, it, it this is the week. You know, this is the week to really look back. And if you got the the bound books and if you've got the magazines and, you know, all the stuff, all the YouTube clips, or if you're still running the, the DVD, God bless you. Uh, do it, man. Celebrate it. Because yeah. um, the way this franchise is going and, and you mentioned it, it is hard. It is hard to win a championship in any sport. And no, you could feel like things are owed to you. We We felt. You know, when this rebuild started, that things were owed to us as Sox fans, like the way they built this team and look at the collection, look at this roster. We should be winning a few divisions. We should have gotten a World Series. No, 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 no. It's unfortunately not that way. So celebrate what has happened. Yeah, no doubt about it. It's a great week to reminisce. And it's funny you bring up the you get the DVDs out. I, I have it on the <laughs> shelf behind me the uh the world series dvd set and i almost if i had time i would go through and watch uh at least the the year and recap DVD. did you pat have a a bottle i had a bottle cap opener a bottle opener i guess you don't need to be that specific bottle cap um a bottle opener that had uh you know a little sound bite and it was yeah. uh john rooney with, with it, the call and you know uh, ground ball to Uribe and you know the Howard's got it in the chat in the comments uh and oh no he, he's talking <laughs> he's talking about talking the about Rappanino. Rappanino. but no this bottle opener it had Rooney's call and mm -hmm. um oh, I have oh, it. I don't man. know if I still have it I had a I pizza cutter it. too that that played some audio I mean anything that had the world series you logo on it you're just yeah <laughs> I had a pizza cutter I still do somewhere did, did it talk to you <laughs> Well, it wasn't specific. It didn't call me out by name. But pizza again? <laughs> pizza again, Nick? Oh, boy. Uh, Red Baron? Huh. Um, it was uh, it had some sort of, you know, audio audio sound bite. Um, yeah, mine was destroyed by the dishwasher, too, Howard. Yeah, it, it, I had, I, it's more of just a collector piece right now. Mm. Um, but... Uh, yeah, you know, it, again, it, it just it brings back a ton of memories. And um, so th that's this week here. Go celebrate. Yes, yes. Let's all reminisce and enjoy. And, and maybe <laughs> maybe one maybe one day, 40 years from now, we can do the same thing again. Uh, Luis Robert Jr., um, maybe the only reason you're watching White Sox games, especially after the trade deadline. Uh, he's, a, mm -hmm. he's a gold glove finalist uh, out there in center field. He has one gold glove on his resume. Um, Kevin Kiermeyer, Julio Rodriguez, Luis Robert Jr. There's your uh, list. He's something special. You know, I, I was having a conversation with somebody uh, this past weekend, and I've had it with other Sox fans, you know, over the months and, and maybe years, especially on lockdown when I was doing it. And we'd have conversations in the chat about who would you build around. And, you know, I'm, I'm such a pitching guy. I really am. You got to have those horses. You got to have your aces. But in this particular situation, I, I know the history of the Chicago White Sox. And again, it, it might change with new executives, but still Jerry's in charge. I don't see Dylan C's pitching beyond this current contract. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. So I, I'm not building around Dylan Cease. I'm not even wasting that because he's not going to be around uh, very long in my mind. It, it's obviously Luis Robert Jr. And if you're even thinking about trading, which Getz says, you know, uh, everybody's untouchable, you're not going to – I don't know what you're going to get. How are you even going to get anything close to one-to-one? You know, uh, you just almost have to say, I, I'm just – I know I'm not going to get – that value, I'm just going to get a ton of young studs. I'm going to try to deplete somebody's farm system because I know where this organization's going. And even then, but then you have to look at yourself in the mirror as an organization and the White Sox need to do this. It's like, where, where are we going here? Yeah. What's, what's the next, you know, three to five years look like? Um, so I, I think they do listen on just about everybody, but You'd have to, I mean, you would have to be blown away and then some if you're considering Luis Robert Jr. I, I guess that's true, Nick. Um, and I kind of go back and forth on this because I think earlier in the year when we had this conversation, it was like I, I think he's a guy that you definitely need to to build around, and it's and it's he's a cornerstone piece. But the more and more I think about it, with the way, especially, and you mentioned the pitching, where the where we're at with the pitching staff right now, and, and it's very depleted, and where there's not a lot there, you're you're probably not winning a lot of games. With, with again, the, the season, the off season hasn't even technically started. Who knows what they're going to do, what their plans are? Um, but right now, you've got a lot of question marks, and one of them being with your ace, Dylan Cease. Dylan Cease had a a fantastic year last year. This this past year was a lot of what we saw before the last mm-hmm. year, right? It was yeah. like the uncertainty, yeah. the the stuff is fantastic and electric, but just you know, again, couldn't be efficient enough couldn't to finish the job, couldn't put it all yeah. together. Sure. So now it's like, well, what is the who is the real Dylan Cease? Is it what we saw two years ago, or is it what we've seen, you know, more the the three out of the last four years with Dylan Cease or whatever it is, right? The majority, the majority of it has not been great. Let's be honest. So getting back to where I was going with, with Luis Robert Jr., if you have that many question marks with your starting staff, you're, again, you're not winning a lot of games. Are you going to be able to rebuild it fast enough to line up with his right. prime yeah. years? Because yeah. right now he's entering in his prime years. It used to be in baseball because of what they allowed in terms of you know, the drug use that they would allow to have happen. It, this, the, the, the prime years of a player was much longer now because they've policed it so well in terms of getting all that stuff out of the game. The prime years are so short, not so short, but they're much shorter than they used to be. So you think, where's the timeline? How does it line up? Can we get what we need to get and where we need to get in terms of players and in terms of who's coming up through the system and line it up right with, you know, you're, you gotta be thinking like, three years down the line, who yeah. are the free agents that are going to be available sure. to us in two or three years? Can we get young players plus maybe some free agents to fill in some holes to line up when Luis Robert Jr. should still be in his prime? I don't know. I can't do that math, Nick, but boy, something tells me that, you know, I, I wouldn't, you know, as a fan, I don't want to see it happen because I would love to sure, see him course. play the majority of his career in a White Sox uniform. I know it's foolish to think that players will, you know, play their whole careers in one uniform these days. That just doesn't really happen. But I'd like to see him play the majority of it. But part of me wouldn't be upset with the organization if they wanted to move on from him and get as much as they could in return. Am I? Am I? Is that sacrilegious? 
It's not because of how you phrased it in the big picture, you know, where this team is actually going, you know, and, and if, if they're doing nothing with him and he's wasting away, I mean, I mean, like you're going to have to build, what are you going to use to build up? You, you yeah. got to build something up. Um, again, I, I don't think you're going to get what you, the equal worth, but um this is a it's a, it's going to be an interesting offseason the, the decisions that they make and, and and still we know like current roster positions like you know what are you going to do with Hendricks what are you going to do with Tim Anderson those, those are some some decisions that have to be made um you know that's where I want to get this world series uh, get get this over with because yeah. I want to get this this offseason uh, uh going so um also i just want to point out it's been uh i got a visual aid here pat i think everybody you have a visual aid with you yeah i think some people might have gotten these uh these pins these incorrect thank you Uh for being a season ticket holder um you know here here's your enamel here's your little enamel pin with the amount of years and i don't think anybody got the correct years some were just grossly off (laughs) some were undercut some were over imagined and 15 weeks ago I got the email that said in six to eight weeks, expect your new pin. Mm-hmm. Where, where are the new pins? So I'd really, like to have still, not received, so have not received. In six to eight weeks, we will address it. And no, six read, to eight weeks, you will have to... you will have your new pin, your corrected pin. That was 15 weeks ago. Are these being so, like cut out of granite, like by hand? And I want to know, is, is anybody else, has anybody received their pin? Again, it's not a big deal at all. It's a cheap, cheap fix that you can do for your dedicated fans, for your season ticket holders, some that have been 30 plus. And <laughs> that was Daryl Boston's one job. And he just <laughs> MC21. Yeah, thank you. Huh. That, that was your one job. He was Darryl. working on him. And, yeah. he, and he gets like, oh, it's like, oh, hey, what, what oh, oh, we got. We got someone saying that they got their new pin and it was still wrong. Oh, Yumper. Mercy. Oh my goodness. That's see that that is what is so troubling with me. You know, as I'm I have not uh you know declared if I'm gonna you know re-up my my season tickets. Um I'm seven years in, and so this coming season will be my eighth. You know, the new deadline is uh October 30th, you know, and it's again, like it's a 20 game plan. You know, that's the plan that works for me. And I like my seats. I like my section. I mean, that comes down to like three games a month, you know, less than four a month. It's doable. It's absolutely doable. And my kid would enjoy it. It, it, To me, it's, it's become the fan experience, how they've treated fans and almost just brushed them off as, eh, you're bothersome to me. Stop requesting these socks fests. You know, like we can't get these mm-hmm. pins right. Like, like these little things. Well, we don't know how to get people into the gates correctly. We don't know how to manage these things. I, I used to get, and maybe someone could correct me. I, I used to get a thank you gift as a season ticket holder. It was after the season. You got something. It wasn't, it wasn't grand, but it was kind of a unique little gift, you know, that you could either, you know, put on your, you know, in the basement on a, on a souvenir shelf, you could use it, whatever. It was something. I can't tell you the last time I got a thank you gift. You know, mm. it's been a few years. Those little things start adding up 
And then the way this team is going, I can't blindly just give money to you just because I'm a diehard fan and it's in my blood and I have no other team. Hell, I love baseball. I absolutely love it. I think it goes without saying I'm I'm a damn passionate Chicago White Sox fan. And I like the experience. You know, you meet friends, you get together with people. But I mean, come on, give me a give me a little something more. You make me feel kind of special as a season ticket holder, you know, and anybody buying tickets in general. You know, the product right now is horrible. So incentivize it some other way. You have to. Yeah, that's interesting. So what is what is for you as a season ticket holder? What is the value in getting season tickets? I mean, you said three. You said three games a month. You can still go to three games a month exactly. without, you know, and, and, exactly. you know, not for nothing, but you might know somebody that could hook you up with tickets once in a while. I'm not yeah. saying that I know that person, but you know, you may know a person that could hook you up with tickets once in a while. Well, Next. it just, you know, it, those little things, Pat, you know, you, mm-hmm. it, customer service is, you know, dead. It's, it's been gone for a while now. Right. We see this mm-hmm. in every industry and, and I've heard it from a lot of people. And this is not against my ticket rep at all. He knows this. I've, I've sent him messages. It's not on him. He's been amazing. Absolutely amazing. Um, I love the relationship. You know, um, it's this is beyond his, you know, his payroll. This is beyond mm-hmm. him. This is this is above some of the stuff that just I think people are just getting lazy up there, you yeah. know, and, and they're just like, you know what? And it almost feels sometimes like a big middle finger from Jerry. Like, you want me to sell the team? You're not happy? Well, we're not going to give you all these other things. We're not going to get things correct. We're not going to go above and beyond to make sure you're happy. I mean, what are the White Sox doing right right now? White Sox yeah. Charities, the ACE program. I mean, are those the two things they got going on? I suppose they are, Nick. But that's a that's a really scary way to run a business if you think about it. Like you're going to play a game of chicken with your fans, your your yeah. fan base that's already shown you that if you don't put a product out there, they're not going to show up, right? So now you want to alienate them even more, and 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 encourage them to continue to bring signs to the stadium that says "say sell the team." I if again we could do this all day. If I yeah. own the team, I do this. If I own the team, I do this. But Boy, oh boy, I feel like if I did, Nick, I would want my fan base to love me, right? I, I'd feel like, and before it got really bad, this is kind of like pre the last couple of years and God rest his soul, Rocky Wirtz. But you remember where Rocky Wirtz was treated, you know, during the glory years of the Hawks run? He's sitting down in this, in, in a folding chair amongst the fans in, in section like 113 or something. Yeah, I used to see People chanting, there, yeah. Rocky, Rocky. Yep. They loved Rocky Wirtz. Because he gave the fans everything that they've longed for, right? They wanted a reason to love the team. And Rocky Wirtz put people in place to put a product on the on, on the ice. And John McDonough did a great job in terms of marketing the team. And the fan base loved him for it. Wouldn't yeah. you want your fans to love you? Do I, and we, you know what? To be honest with you, we want to love you, Jerry. Yeah. We want to love you That's and love good your point. team. That's you the know, point, Pat. We yeah. don't want to hate you. We don't want to here, you know, yell take at you. Take my money, you know, like I'm willing to give you a ton of money. You know, I'm willing to commit my time. I'm willing to buy your product. Give me a reason why I should continue to do it. Give me a reason why I should bring others t- as well to this, yeah. to continually get excited about this, even when I know your product is going to be bad. Yeah. Give me a reason for the experience, the entity that is the Chicago White Sox. And, 
you know, one of those things I, I've been I've been clamoring for is a team Hall of Fame. Yeah. I mean, there are so many teams in baseball that have their own Hall of Fame. I know the Cardinals do it and it's a big thing where they induct, you know, former players and, you know, they do it on a big weekend and it's and it's awesome. And uh, the Royals have this. You and I have both, both been to Kauffman Stadium. Uh, we've enjoyed that. It's out in the left field kind of concourse area. It's a team Hall of Fame. A lot of memorabilia and 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 relics from their uh, rich history. And you know, so if the Sox are going to continue to poach, and we've we've kicked this idea around. I I, I kicked it around at lockdown before. If the Sox are going to continue to poach from the Kansas City Royals. Well, then get the get a Hall of Fame, get a team Hall of Fame, a White Sox Hall of Fame. So, you know, I, I gave you an assignment, uh, Assignment America, Pat Hester here to just come <laughs> up with. Give me five players from mm -hmm. from the White Sox past that you would want to have in that first, you know, induction. Now, here's the thing. All current retired numbers, they're already grandfathered in, of course, yeah. all the White Sox retired numbers. And there's only a few that are, you know, still living and they'll be there for the first ceremony that they'll get all they'll all be put in. And so now it's what five would you put in and we'll call it five. Who knows? It might only be two or three, you know, uh, in the first class. But I've got a, I've got some you've got some we'll kick some names around uh, because I think th this is also something that the Hawks did. Right. Didn't they bring yeah. back, you know, legends and they had, the, yeah. you know, the the last shift or whatever. And they yep. were bringing, you know, and they, and they were bonding a, a previous generation of Hawk fans of like, Oh my, you know, my heroes. And then you got these young kids that are starting up in the late two thousands, early 2010s when things started really clicking and it's two worlds combining mm -hmm. and you celebrate the entire history of the, of the Chicago Blackhawks. That's what I want to see. Uh, for the White Sox. So I'm going to let you kick things off. You you know, you can throw a name out. Uh, yeah. And, and, and I'm sure that, that folks. <laughs> would that, Jerry, sorry, would Jerry put himself <laughs> in the. <laughs> I'm sure he would. Michael Scott wants people to roast him. Like he'd, he'd set up the whole thing just for himself. Uh, he's the only it. person in the first class. And you got to wait next year for, for five. Oh. All right, go ahead. Good Lord. Go ahead. Uh, the, again, the, the, the guys that I'm picking again are, are, are players that are from my. Okay. You know, yeah. Where, I get you know, that. so, so I, I didn't go that. way, I didn't go in the way back machine All in right. terms of, of Sox history. So forgive me for, for people that are more of historians that'll say, well, how can you put this? This is from my perspective of being a fan of this team. Fair for enough. Past, I get that. You know, 42 years, you know, that I've been on this earth. So I think number one, you'd have to recognize Jermaine Dye because Jermaine Dye is your, Ooh. your world series MVP. Yeah. Um, you know, he hit his 300th home run in a white Sox uniform now, Jermaine didn't have, you know, the, you know, eye popping numbers and stats, but I would say we're talking about right field early, right, Nick? I guess he yes. was probably the most uh, consistent right fielder we've had um, in the past, you know, 20 years. So again, Jermaine Dye, not going to make it to any kind of baseball hall of fame, but I think you'd have to include the, uh, the, the uh, world series MVP into, into your hall of fame. Uh, he was on my list for all of those reasons. Um, man, when he came on the scene, it was like, well, we figured that out. Um, you know, we thought things were going to go differently. You know, we lost Maglio and, and he comes in and with the bat, with the glove and yeah, 
World Series MVP. I think he has to be recognized in the Team Hall of Fame. So I, I would agree with that one too. Howard mentioned it in the in the comments here. It's Ozzie Gian. I've been banging the drum for Ozzie's number to re be retired for years. Nobody has worn number 13 in a long time. It's been yeah. a long time. Maybe Azuna as a pitcher wore number um, 13 briefly. Willie Harris might have worn it accidentally, perhaps, and then he switched numbers. Uh, but Ozzie's number should be retired for what he did as a player and as a manager. Still? Um. He wore 11. He got permission okay. um, to wear 11 because that was retired. He got permission to, to yeah. wear that. Um, but Ozzie Gein absolutely should be in your first class of Team Hall of Fame. I mean, his number should be yeah. retired. If they're not going to retire it right now, um, then put then put Ozzie in. Um, so that would be that'd be that'd be my guy. I can't disagree with you at all. And I, I, I purposely left him off the list because I knew you would have him on your list. So I, right. I didn't have Ozzy on my list, but not right. because I disagree with you, just because I knew you'd have him. Uh, I'll go next, and, and it's got to be the guy that played to his to Ozzy's uh, left, and that'd be Robin Ventura. You know, oh, Robin Ventura right. will yeah. probably remember more uh, for his blunders uh, as a manager, and that's where the lasting memory is. But if you think about... Uh, those teams in the early 90s, and it was yeah. Frank Thomas and Robert Ventura, you know, depending on where they're at in the lineup, uh, you know, hitting around the, you know, the, the same part of the lineup uh, together. And the gold, I don't know how many gold gloves he had, several, but I know he had several. Yeah, I know yeah. he had several gold gloves. Nobody played third base for me like Rock and Robin, like, uh, like Robin did. And, uh, you know, unfortunate to, to see him finish out his career in a Mets uniform. But I loved Robin Ventura, sweet swinging lefty. And, you know, started out his career really tough. I think he was over like, I don't know how many to, to start out his career. It was just a really terrible way to start after being really highly touted coming out of Oklahoma, I think, if mm -hmm. memory serves. Oklahoma State. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I think that sounds right. Uh, but I love watching Robin play. And, and for me, Again, didn't contribute to, you know, a lot of, obviously not a lot of players did, you know, playoff success, but, uh, but from one of my favorites and I think deserves a spot in the White Sox Hall of Fame. Yeah, I would agree with you. Um, and what a cool way to bring him back to the organization uh, after the way he had to leave, you know, he, he resigned and, and we all knew it, it, it just he was put in a situation that he should have never been put in. We can, you know, we, we've had. Uh, we've had Steve from from Socks on Tap who wrote a great article a couple of years ago. I think it's now on, you know, we got to celebrate Robin Ventura for the player he was not, you know, not for what he was as a manager, because that wasn't his fault. He he should not have been the manager. They, they didn't know what they were doing and they put him in. And um, but boy, if you've never seen like, just highlights, just watch some highlights of Robin Ventura and his, his, he had the, those grand slams. And, um, yeah, I, I would, I would say that that's a, that's a good pick and it's great it, bringing him back into the organization. I mean, make amends, he'd get a standing ovation. No questions about that. Um, some great names coming in, in the comments here, uh, Pat for me, and, and this is my era, this is your era. Saves leader in White Sox history, Bobby Thigpen. Mm. Bobby Thigpen is in your your first class for the Team Hall of Fame. He he was also on my list, but I, I added somebody else just in case. 
Okay. We had the same person. I, and I put Bobby Jenks. And oh. for reasons why we talked about earlier, like you're talking yeah. about somebody that's going to nail down a game. Again, not a long time that Bobby Jenks was, you know, on the south side, but he had that consecutive saves uh, mm-hmm. streak that I think was a record for the White Sox. Again, he's right I, behind Bobby Thick. I think he, he's in the top career. five in terms of White Sox saves leaders. Um, so Bobby Thinkpen, a hundred percent should be in the, the White Sox hall of fame. Just what he was able to do. And I mean, it was just nails, right? Nick, you come out of the bullpen, you knew the game was over. He was just a dominant force for us. And, and it was a, a great thing. Again, short lived. It seemed like it, it was like, kind of like a, both of those guys, both Bobbies were kind of like firecrackers. It was just the, they kind of go up and it was this big burst yeah. and colorful lights yeah. and it's amazing. Yeah. And then it was, you know, shortly fizzles, you know, shortly after fizzles away. Well, he had that he had that nickname Pigpen, yeah. you know, for a while because he just couldn't couldn't get it done. He he was hot. he was a Kimbrel. Uh, he just oh. couldn't. <laughs> dare I say his oh. name? He just could not get the job done at times. But the the good folks at Last Comiskey they captured it so well in their documentary on, on mm. Bobby Thigpen, and yeah, he's in it for me. Uh, is it my turn or your turn? It is. It, it's your turn. My turn. Okay. So I'm going to go one dog. I'm going to go Lance Johnson. Oh, you want to talk wow. about yeah. the art of the bunt. Now I know that's very taboo to talk about <laughs> these days. People don't want to talk about bunt, no, they don't. but, but they do not. one dog was not bunting uh, a lot of times or ever really to sacrifice. I mean, he, nobody could drag bunt and get to first, mm-hmm. like, like Lance Johnson. You knew he was going to take he second base. He seven ounce. He had that just big old piece of yeah. lumber, man. Yeah. Uh, dead in the ball. Yeah. Yeah. And played a fantastic center field oh, was sure. was a well above average uh, center fielder. So just one of those guys set the table, did his job. Love watching Lance Johnson play again. Uh, the nickname, everything, just you know, again for you're talking White Sox player, someone that I yeah. think of when I was a kid. You know, watching one of my favorite teams. You know, the the teams in the early '90s. Uh, Lance Johnson for me would be in the White Sox uh, Hall of Fame. Yeah, he he's uh he he would def I would say I don't I don't know I'll be honest with you Pat I don't know if he's a first if he's a first year inductee but he's mm-hmm. definitely getting into the team Hall of Fame I, yeah. I would say depending on how many they uh, usher in uh, I think Howard mentioned it in in the comments and the, the guy before my time but I have read so much about this player you know you hear it from from White Sox fans in the past to family members and you know Dick Allen. Uh, mm-hmm. Not a lot of time on the South side, but impactful. And folks, yeah. if you have not read the book, Chili Dog MVP, I cannot recommend it enough to you. It is uh, it centers around Dick Allen, that 1972 team, but so much more about White Sox history and, and how this team was, you know, moved multiple different times, you know, whether it's Seattle or Milwaukee and and, and Dick Allen, you know, really saved this White Sox team, yeah. you know, for what he did in that MVP season. Dick Allen should be in the Hall of Fame. There's no question about that in my mind. Uh, and he is a first, I would say, a first year inductee for a White Sox Hall of Fame. Yeah, no doubt about it. Was that yours or were you just recognizing? Uh, That's mine. Howard? I had that on my list. Yeah. And I, list? I agree with Howard. Yeah. Uh, and I don't believe uh, my next guy has, I, I don't think he's got any kind of recognition or, or numbers retired, but uh, Jack McDowell for me oh, would be. He was on my list. Good, he good would, choice. He would be, you know, good for choice. what he did, Cy Young Award winner, 93. Yes. 
I mean, just the, the attitude that he brought to the mound and the art of pitching, you know, he talked about a lot, you know, you mentioned the last Comiskey documentaries when you talk, you listen to him talk about, you know, not really having to throw 98 miles an hour to get guys out. It was like, I'm going to pitch to where my defense is. I know my stuff is great. And yeah, he struck out a lot of guys, but you know, he'd go deep into innings or get deep into games rather with a lot of innings. So uh, one of my favorite guys to watch pitch. And again, another guy that was, you know, didn't finish his career on the South side and, uh, and played for the Yankees played for Cleveland. Uh, but, uh, but definitely always a, a South sider in, in my heart. Had him on my list. Excellent choice. Um, and from what I understand, there might be some turbulent relationship. I don't know with the organization, uh, which I wouldn't be surprised that that is. Well, he happened. didn't have any, he didn't have glowing things to say about Tony Larusa. So when you talk mm. poorly about Tony Larusa, oh that means yeah, that, that you're, oh, yeah. you're you're not good standing with um, the organization. He's the uh, he's the consultant. So yeah. watch out. Um, you can use him whenever you want. Have, by yeah. the way, have we used? Him, we've reached out to Tony to see if he could help <laughs> us put a show together. We may need it. You know, uh, yeah. we've, got, we've got a long. And, and spoiler: Tony's not on my list. Not even as a, a manager. Oh, no? I don't have oh, him okay. uh, on this list. But I think so. That was your fourth. Here's here's my fourth. You've got one more. I've got two more. So this is my fourth. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go from the 05 World Series team, and, and it's AJ Brzezinski. Hmm. He he has to be in there, yeah. uh, and, and not just for that year. Well. I don't think they win the World Series without A.J. Pruszynski, and you could probably say that about several guys. Uh, but, you know, on the team for a while, what, 2012, his last mm-hmm. year, and um, we've been looking for a catcher for a long time, gave you that pop from the left side, Cub Killer, which you love, yeah. um, and just the attitude and everything. Yeah. A guy you hated when he was in a Twins uniform and uh, loved him, absolutely loved him on the south side. So A.J.'s my pick, my fourth pick. You, you actually have a, a, another pick because I have five. I've checked off all of mine. Oh, I came okay. in with the Bobby Jenks after you did the Bobby. Oh, thing. that's right. Of, okay. I kind of jumped in line. So I did a line jump. Okay. So that's all I had on my list. For so, now. so my last one's just really, I think he's deserving. I don't know if he's a first year, you know, a team hall of fame guy. I think he would get in eventually spent his entire career in a white sax uniform. The officer. Oh, Officer Ron, Ron Car device. Hit face, yeah. <laughs> well, that shouldn't be on his plaque. Okay, that they shouldn't put that on his plaque. Uh, but he was a force, man. He had a cannon for an arm. Um, inside the park grand slam, I believe. Uh is that right? That, I think he's got that on his resume. Okay. And that he, you know, I mean, I I was a Carlton Fisk guy, but mm-hmm. you know. I caught Carlton Fisk when I was getting into like little league and everything. And I was a catcher. Carlton Fisk was my guy, but then, mm-hmm. you know, the early nineties, I think Karkovice started really taking over and playing every day. And um, yeah, I, 10 years, I believe Karkovice was with the white Sox all, you know, his entire career with the Sox. So he, he would be my choice. Yeah. I mean, when to look at him, you wouldn't look at him and walking on the street and go, Oh, there's a, there's a professional baseball player right there. But man, I can't disagree with you more or or can't disagree with you at all on that pick. I mean, officer Ron Karkovice, I mean, you're not stealing on that guy. That was, it was fun to watch behind the plate for sure. Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, We'll we'll see if that ever happens. Uh, There's so many teams that do it. Um, I think the Cubs even have one. They've got a team hall of fame. 
And you, you can create something at the stadium, at the ballpark, where it's not just for scout seat folks that, that go in to get to see all the memorabilia when they're having their, you know, their meal. Their Which, buffet. by the way, they took out. They took out? They don't have that yeah. anymore? Yeah, they don't have that anymore, Nick. Oh, they took boy. that out. They well, took wait a it second. out. Wait a second. <laughs> I hope somebody catches that. That's such a great, subtle Seinfeld comment. Um, but maybe then they're preparing, they're curating it for the mute for the they home. Re, they know. did a whole um they updated the the motif down there and it's a very oh, it's what a little a bit word. more swanky. What a word. Uh, and word. The, the memorabilia was taken out. Hmm. Well, um, I hope it comes back. I, I it's gotta go somewhere. I don't know where it is. <laughs> I mean because uh, that I, that's what you would want in your team hall of fame, along with so many other things. And uh, again, if you're poaching from the Royals, that's what I want. Uh, well, Nick, uh, maybe they're just, maybe they're waiting uh, until the new ballpark is ready. Uh, wherever that may be put someday yeah. after, Who's you know, you say? got what? Five, six years left on this lease. Yeah. Yeah. Just maybe you just wait it in boxes. Why, why put anything game. more into it when you're planning on moving? You know, and and that seems to be the whole you know mantra with the organization, just telling fans, just wait. You know, we'll figure something out eventually. Just wait. Um, Be patient. You know, we're not going to give you any clear answers. Just wait. Uh, all right, we're, we'll end things with a, a Pedro quote of the week. Hopefully, you didn't forget oh, um, yes. that I still have this in my back pocket. Future. Uh, future to be sponsored by uh, Super Rope, we hope. Uh, <laughs> this is a simple one. It was later in the season. Uh, Ozzy kind of went to town on this, as a lot of people did. Uh, here's your Pedro quote of the week. Uh, the leaders I thought we had in there weren't leaders, uh, Pedro Grafold. So uh, looking for leaders, didn't think he had leaders. And then, well, if you look in the mirror, Pedro, you were the leader we needed. You were yeah. the person that was to set the tone. You were the person that was to do everything that you said you were going to be doing and then some in the offseason and in Arizona. So, yeah, maybe you were disappointed by some guys, but you were the one that was to keep everybody in line. I, I thought we had a manager. I thought we had a manager, too. <laughs> yeah. And I, I looked around and yeah. no manager. So yeah. interesting. Love it. I love the Pedro quote of the week and you do a great job of uh, digging those up uh, after a whole year of, of wonderful quotes from the manager. Painful, painful, but you know, you've got to, you got to understand where we came from here. This has been a long season, you know, it, it has been, it has been rough. Um, and there's, but there's no shortage folks. There are, there are so many, so many great, so many great Grafol quotes. So I'll keep it going. Love it, buddy. Love it. Yeah. And then, and, and, uh, Houston, uh loses tonight so we got another game so that's fantastic let's go i guess go rangers gotta go hey. rangers I, I know everybody's got a soft spot for for abreu and he has done damage in this postseason where was it in 2021 uh, when he was in a socks uniform but uh that's great for abreu as an individual but i do not want to see the astros or kendall graveman or whoever you know i, I don't want to see that uh, yep. go at, go go Rangers. I'd like to see a Rangers Philly World Series and I'm just going to come out and say it. Wouldn't mind to see Philadelphia Phillies win. I'm getting a Phillies hat if that happens, Nick. <laughs> and then I'll, it'll be like right. Pat, Philly Pat. That'll be great. 
That would be great. I, uh, Patriot Pat is one of my favorite people in football season. So Philly <laughs> Pat, I'm sure will be a lot of fun too. Uh, folks, thank you so much for jumping in the comments. Loved all the names you're throwing out uh, for the team MVP. I runner up Maglio. Absolutely. The team hall of fame, I should say. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Pass it along to other Sox fans in your life. We do this all off season long. Uh, you can find the audio of this podcast everywhere. Uh, we're on Twitter X at Good Guys TV. We've got a Facebook fan page for Pat Hester. I am Nick Morowski. Until next time, go Socks. <laughs>